Welcome to the Fairview Baptist Church Discipleship Podcast. This is a resource designed to help the covenant members of Fairview Baptist Church carry out our mission to make disciples of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Joshua Johnson, and today I'm joined once again by Kyle and Lindsay Fesco. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, uh, Last week, we started a new series on uh, cultivating discipleship among our children. Uh, For our conversation, uh, we decided to use Chap Bettis' book, The Disciple-Making Parent, to guide our conversation. And uh, let me just say this. If you're listening, it's it's a great, great book, and it's certainly worth picking up. Now, our first few podcasts in the series, they sort of lay a foundation for the things to come as we address more practical issues. And so last week, we set the stage by talking about the great privilege and responsibilities that parents have to raise up a new life, uh, one that will live on in an eternity, either eternity in hell or eternity in heaven. And so that's what makes p- parenting uh, matter so much. Now, this week, we'll talk about God's most effective shepherd for your child. Uh, so, Lindsay, will you start us off? Who is that? Who is the most effective shepherd for your child? Well, the most effective shepherd for your child is you. Scripture is clear that mom and dad are the primary disciplers of their children. There are several passages in the Bible that talk about this. Deuteronomy chapter 6 uh, is one of the more common ones that we hear quoted. And these words that I command you today are to be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. In this particular passage, Moses is addressing the Israelite people. So they're about to enter into the promised land that God had promised them many years before. And Moses is preparing them for the things they would encounter. He knew they needed to preserve their faith and pass it on to the next generation or it would be lost. Um, Other verses like Joel chapter 1 verse 3 says something similar. Tell your children of it and let your children tell their children and their children to another generation. And to add to that, we uh, see scripture is even more specific to the father's role in discipleship. Uh, Ephesians 6, 4, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Uh, Proverbs 1, 8, hear, my son, your father's instruction and forsake not your mother's teaching. You know, as parents, we must realize that God has assigned us this task of being the main disciples of our children. Yeah, I think that's a point that is, uh, it, it's it's well recognized, uh, even by the great pastors of the past, like uh, great Baptist preacher Charles Spurgeon, who said, first, let us begin by emphatically declaring that it is parents, and not the church, who are given the primary responsibility for calling the next generation to hope in God. The church serves as a supplement, uh, supplementary role, a supplementary role, reinforcing, uh, reinforcing the biblical nurture that it that is occurring in the home. So, Kyle, the the biblical design of discipleship of children it begins with parents, uh, and then Bettis argues a couple reasons that God designed it that way. Would you share those and then just elaborate a little bit? Yeah, so the the first one is that no one has more potential to observe and influence your child's spiritual growth than you. Uh, Betta states that truth is best transferred, you know, person to person. Uh, like Lindsay said in the last session, more is always caught than taught. Uh, this is what happens in family. 
Um, you know, a better way to look at your family is as a tiny discipleship unit. Um, and the second one is nothing has more potential to cause your own spiritual growth. Um, you know, we live in an age of outsourcing everything, you know, and that includes the discipleship of our children. The fact is that children are God's means to transform us. Uh, their sin reveals our sin. Uh, their questions reveal how much we thought we knew that we don't. Um, all of these are prompts for us to grow, to learn, to be in the word, uh, and to ultimately be discipled ourselves. You know, I just affirm the the second point there that, uh, you know, even your own spiritual growth uh, occurs through the discipleship of your children. Um, you know, I think that's really the value of leading any type of mi ministry. Uh, you know, I think about discipleships in our, in our church, and um, when you invest, uh, whether it be as a, a young lady investing in two or three other young ladies or a young man investing in two to three other young men, you know, that the, the preparation, praying for those people, uh, ensuring that you've read uh, the material, that you've studied it, that you're ready to lead discussion, like all of that are, are tools that God uses to, to grow you as you invest in others. And then as you meet together and they begin to ask you questions, like your children ask you questions, you know, why this or what's the meaning or what's the purpose? And uh, it really stretches you, you know, oftentimes you're um, uh, you're introduced to to questions and and life circumstances that you're unfamiliar with or unprepared for, and uh, it just causes you to I think one be humble and then two grow. And so um, I, I certainly agree there. So so Lindsay, I am the pastor for Family Discipleship here, and so I need you to help me out with something. Uh, what do you say to that person that thinks pastors are experts, so let them do the work of discipling my kid, and uh, even those who that, that think that uh, that's what they pay me to do? So uh, why, should they, uh, why shouldn't they just disciple our kids for us as if by bringing their children to church, uh, they've done their due diligence and uh, do so graciously? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a tough one. Um, because it would definitely be so much easier if we could just hand off that responsibility to you, Joshua. Um, I think there are a few reasons um, that parents want the church to disciple their kids. Um, some parents really do think that they just don't know enough of the Bible to be able to teach it to their kids. They're not going to be able to answer all those questions. For some parents, maybe they're just too busy with all the other things in life and Discipleship just feels like one more task on their list that maybe they could delegate to someone else. But the reality is we are all busy and we all have a lot of things pulling us in many different directions and we're all tired. I'm tired right now, actually. <laughs> but we make time for the things that are priority, right? So Bettis challenges us with this thought. Each parent must decide whether he is more concerned that his child is accepted into heaven or Harvard. And that Harvard can be any number of things depending on your family. It could be the classic soccer team that you want your kid to make. It could be competitive dance team or just enrolling our kids in a variety of activities in hopes that they will be well-rounded. But discipling our children should be our first priority because this is ministry to their souls, which is eternal. The thing that makes this so hard is that discipleship is not just for a day or a week or a season. It's a lifelong obedience. So the church 
you know, in reality gets our kids for one to two hours a week, right? But we're with our kids many, many more hours than that every week. And it makes sense that parents are the ones that need to be doing the discipling. It is exhausting being intentional to continually point our kids to the truth of God's word over and over and over. But praise God that we don't, in fact, have to do this alone or in our own strength. Jesus promised his disciples, I will be with you always. He told us that he would teach us, empower us, guide us, comfort us, and conform us into his likeness. So we can depend on the Holy Spirit to help us in um, this lifelong effort. The church is there to support parents um, and to help us in the discipleship efforts, but the responsibility is ultimately on the parents to disciple their children. So the church is there to support parents and help in the discipleship efforts, but the responsibility is ultimately on the parents to disciple their children. Amen, sister. (laughs) All right, so Kyle and Lindsay, uh, how about a little bit of uh, rapid fire? I will give you a quick myth, and you can either affirm it or dispel it, okay? Okay. All right, so Kyle, first one, successfully raising up my child in the faith is beyond what I can do. Okay, so I'm going to go back to Matthew 28 here at the towards the end and say, you know, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the ages. So if we look at that, um, this is obviously true. You know, you consider the Great Commission. All authority is given to Jesus. You know, we disciple uh, in his place as agents. Uh, in reality, our children don't belong to us, uh, but to him. We're given this responsibility to do it the way he says, representing Christ to our children, so that they might one day go out as his representatives, you know, and he is with us to the end of the age. You know, Jesus gave us this promise and he keeps his promises, uh, the promise of his presence, the promise that he'll walk with us through this process um, with understanding that not one of us is sufficient for the task of discipleship. Uh, we can't do it alone. So we're best equipped when we actually acknowledge the fact and lean on Jesus. Uh, all right. So, Lindsay, uh, second myth. If I set all the perfect parameters, I can ensure that my child follows the Lord. Well, we would definitely all love if that were true. But no, there is no guarantee that our children will follow the Lord. Uh, we cannot put in the right ingredients and follow the recipe to guarantee the same result every time. We can approach discipleship a certain way that generally works, but our children are their own independent moral beings, and they have real choices to make. We can influence our children, but we can't control them. Our job as parents is to just be faithful, to point our kids to Jesus, and then we depend on God for the results. Okay, Kyle, myth number three. The ultimate goal of my Christian life is to have my child follow the Lord. You know, as parents, our goal should not necessarily be successful parenting, but faithful parenting. When we sacrifice everything for the the spiritual well-being of our children, uh, and this becomes our priority, and then say our children follow the Lord, uh, now it becomes a source of pride. But if we turn the tables and our children fall away, now this becomes a source of shame. So at this point, we're no longer actually worshiping Jesus, but we're worshiping the work we put in at making perfect children. Uh, We become, again, child-centered and not Jesus-centered, and then we rely on our children to fulfill 
our dreams so we can feel good about ourselves. You know, having godly children is certainly a good desire, don't get me wrong, but when it comes becomes the ultimate desire, it then becomes a problem. Uh, Jesus is no longer the priority at this point, but having perfect, quote-unquote, perfect Christian children is. Mm. Okay, so last, last myth, uh, Lindsay, my child's faith is all up to me. Well, this myth is false. We cannot do this alone. While the primary role of discipleship is the parent's responsibility, we need the local church. In the church is where we're going to find others who will proclaim the gospel to our children. They will see good examples um, to follow. It is a place to serve. There are good friends who can encourage our children in their walk, others who can help and encourage us as parents. So the best thing you can do for your child's soul is to become actively involved in a gospel-centered church community. So Joshua, with that in mind, tell us a little bit about children's ministry at Fairview. Yeah, so at Fairview, uh, I think it's really similar to uh, things you had mentioned earlier. We believe that, that God has designed the family as the primary place for faith and character formation. And so, you know, with that in mind, uh, we, we seek to inspire, equip, and assist you as parents to become intentional about building a God-honoring home and really kind of doing that one step at a time Uh and so at church, uh, what, we, what we intend to do or what we try to do is create a culture of intentional parenting. Uh, it's the reason that we chose the Bible reading plan that we did. Uh, it's the reason that we chose the life group material that we have. And uh, it's the reason that we encourage people actually to be in deeper discipleship through discipleship groups. So like, even though your children aren't directly involved in your discipleship groups, I, I believe that they're impacted indirectly by the efforts that are uh, that, that, that happen there. At the same time, we also think that programs, they, they, they matter, particularly Sunday morning life groups and, and then Wednesday nights. So Sunday mornings, uh, uh, we use perhaps the most doctrinally sound children's material, I believe, that's out there. Um, it's called the Gospel Project. It has deep Bible truths, and uh, each week uh, it, it shares Christ connections associated with the particular story, whether it be in the Old Testament or the New Testament. And then on Wednesday night, uh, we currently focus on music and missions, and uh, we teach from the Bible reading plan. Um, and then as the church transitions in January, uh, so will the children's ministry. Uh, and uh, we'll still focus on music and missions, uh, but we'll have added emphasis on uh, an increased understanding of God's big story. Um, well, um, I have one more question for you guys. Uh, before I ask it, uh, Kyle, will you pray for us? Sure. Uh, Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this time, Father. Thank you for your word. Thank you that we can uh, look to your word for guidance uh, as parents in helping to disciple our children, Father, not to um, worship our children, Lord, but to worship you uh, and to to do our very best, Lord, to point them to you uh, and, and leave the rest up to you, Father. We're just thankful for who you are uh, and how you love us, Lord. It's in Jesus' name. Okay, so last question for you. Uh, if everything in your house had to be one color, what color would you choose? It would be gray, like a light gray. <laughs> yeah, so you're friends with Matt Caps. Yeah, well, agreeable gray. Agreeable gray, yeah, yeah. for sure. I would actually say gray also. Most of our house is gray. It sounds boring, but it's a relaxing and calm color. Yeah. 
Uh, we would probably pick the same, um, but I will share a quick story. Uh, in Thailand, uh, well, let, back that up, military life. Military life, we're always in rental homes uh, because we don't know when we're going to move next. And so everything was always like eggshell white, everything. So our, every house we were in, it was boring, and we weren't allowed to paint the walls. So when we went overseas, we decided we were going to have color in our life. And uh, so Jessica picked this um, little palette chart type thing, and... Uh, Oh, they were horrible colors. It was like it was like Fairview purple, uh, and then Elsa blue, and uh, kind of a pinkish color, and then this brown that kind of looked like peanut butter. Um, anyways, so we're moving out into the country area. We decide we're going to paint the house, um, and uh, we uh, we start painting it, and it's kind of this blue color. And the roof was already red, um, like it was a tile roof. And uh, we kind of, we left home and then we were driving up to the home and we realized we, we lived in a Smurf house. So, <laughs> um, so maybe, maybe not that blue again. So, um, all right. Well, thank you guys for joining me once again today. And until next time, Fairview, may we exist to make disciples of Jesus Christ. Amen.